Girlfriends, episode number 219, five ways to make working from home workable. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we are talking about working from home because you are probably doing that in some capacity these days. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Hope you're surviving your quarantine in style. Hope you are enjoying the Easter season in whatever that looks like in your home these days. It's been such an unusual time, right? So I record these a week ahead of time. So we're just coming off of Easter Sunday um, as I'm recording this and Holy Week. What a surreal time. What a beautiful time, though, also, honestly. What a beautiful time to be celebrating the this sacred season in the hearts of our homes. I was really struck by that, even though I had my moments where I was sad, where it was challenging, where I felt a loss or disappointed in what Easter was looking like this year. I also had many moments where I was just deeply grateful for the opportunity to celebrate and commemorate and observe these holy days at home with my family. One thing that I want to mention, because maybe you can keep it in mind for next year, and it's so simple to do, um, is on Good Friday, we decided to just keep silence in our house between the hours of 12 and 3. This is something I've heard about on and off through the years, and we've done some form of this, you know, like no video games or movies or whatever on Good Friday, Um, but never quite so deliberately as this. And when the kids were littler, it probably would have been a lot more challenging. But now that the kids are older, it's easier to just say, hey, during these hours, we're not going to be, you know, chatting. We're not going to be talking. Find something quiet to do. You can read, you can pray, you can go for a walk. Um, you know, or, you know, look at uh, a spiritual book, those kinds of things. And it was really a beautiful thing. It made me think, what what am I finding so beautiful about this in, in those quiet moments in my own home? First of all, it was a really dark day. It was stormy and terrible here. It actually snowed on Good Friday um, and on Holy Saturday. So that's what it's been like around here. Um, but it was dark and it just felt sort of gloomy and quiet in that way that was very appropriate to the day. But then just having that silence in the house where people weren't talking, people weren't goofing around, there wasn't idle conversation happening, and people were just focused on quietly going about their business. Um, You know, some kids had some schoolwork that they had to complete. Um, But besides that, we were, you know, reading on our own, praying. I went out for a walk in the slushy, rainy snow. It was like in between rain and snow. I went for a walk in our woods uh, to pray a little bit. And was just a really beautiful time, a beautiful way to observe Good Friday like that. So then, oh yes, then at three, we tuned in on YouTube for um, YouTube Live for Father Mike Schmitz, who was having his Good Friday liturgy at that time. And it was really just a wonderful way for us to spend that day together as a family. And I found that in all of the Triduum and in Easter Sunday as well, that Yeah, there are things that are different and there are for sure things that we miss. And of course, we would love to be able to go to our parish and participate in the Mass and receive the Eucharist. 
those days are coming back. They will be back. But in the meantime, let's try to focus on these small graces that we're receiving inside of our homes, inside of our hearts and our homes, inside of our families. I saw a cartoon online this morning and it was Satan saying to God, see how I've succeeded. I'm victorious. I closed all your churches. And then God responded to him, yes, but I opened a church in every home. And what a beautiful thing that is to reflect on, that God can do that, that he can open up our domestic churches, which of course have always been domestic churches, but never quite in the way that they are now. And we can learn new ways to worship together as a family right there in our home. So if that's you, if you're going through things like that, if you're discovering new ways of worshiping God together, new ways of making your domestic church a sacred place for you and your family, I'd love to hear from you. You can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. But this week's topic, we're going to talk about working from home because so many of us are doing exactly that. Many people who usually work outside the home are working from home. Many people have spouses who usually work outside the home that are working from home. Many people are helping their students in their home, homeschool in various ways. So in some way, I think all of us are working from home in new and challenging ways. And I, I've been getting questions from people. In fact, I, I got to do, I had the honor and the privilege of doing a Zoom call with Elizabeth Foss and Stephanie Weinert recently on this topic because people are asking so many questions to people like me who have always worked from home. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little bit at an advantage here, right? Because I've always worked from home and I've always homeschooled in some capacity. Um, but you know, never like this. And so this is different. This is this is more challenging. And so I understand some of the challenge that people are facing. But at the same time, I think I do have some experience that might be helpful for me to share uh, that might be applicable to whatever way that you find yourself working from home right now. Now, you may not have a job outside the home, but even moms at home who are supporting a spouse who might be working from home or helping kids to homeschool or you know, helping do volunteer work or doing your taxes, whatever it is, we all do work from home in some capacity. So I think these these things that I'm going to share can apply to people in all different ages and stages and walks of life, whatever your working situation might be. So five different things that I want to share that have kind of worked for me over the years through working from home. I've always been very flexible about my working from home. I right now work full-time from home. My employer is Holy Cross Family Ministries, which is the larger organization which took on catholicmom.com a few years back. Uh, previously, I worked in magazine publishing, uh, publishing Catholic Digest. I did that full-time from home. But then before that, I was a freelance writer, pretty much full-time for a while. And then, But before that, when I was just getting started, very much part-time. So one of those work situations might describe you right now or something you aspire to do. Maybe this week's show is only going to inspire you to take on something that you've been thinking about, a side hustle or a new project or a hobby or something that you want to pursue in a work from home capacity. So um, over the years, I've gone through many different transitions and ages and stages of life, especially my family has changed and grown as my work has changed and grown. So I, I feel like some of these tips um, can apply to all those different stages in just different ways. So first one I'm going to share, and this is the most important one, and I learned this one the hard way by not doing it, is start every day by giving your day to God. 
Now, what do I mean? Of course, uh, praying a morning offering is a great idea. But if you are working from home in any capacity, if you are struggling with your schedule in any way, even if it's not with work, right? Even if it's just managing your family schedules, which have been greatly simplified in the past several weeks, but we're going to get back to a place where we are busy again, where we are taking on outside things when kids have sports, events, other activities, and you have work perhaps, or social commitments outside your home, balancing all of those things. I find it is so important, so valuable to be very intentional about giving our days to God. The times in my life when I am busy and I'm trying to fit many things in and I am thinking about my days and my time as exactly that, my days, my time, very selfishly kind of guarding it as my time, I find I'm very resentful of interruptions that might happen, things very legitimate, needs that my family might have that pull me away from my goals. And so I've learned over the years, not perfectly, I still struggle with this, To give my days to God, especially during those times when I know I'm going to be very busy, when I'm feeling stressed and overwhelmed at all that I need to fit into the, you know, the next 18 hours or whatever it is. So working that out, I find it is so enormously important to go to God first, to recognize that our days, our time, our lives belong to God, but then just to very deliberately give that back to him, give that control to him and say, Lord, how would you have me spend my time today? You can ask him that as you're planning your schedule. You can ask him that just minute by minute throughout your day when perhaps you are interrupted, when perhaps things don't go to plan. I find is so such a helpful mindset to have rather than thinking, this is my plan, this is my day, this is my time, thinking this all belongs to God and I'm a participant in it. I get to cooperate with God's plan here. Lord, how would you have me spend my time today? Lord, show me where I can accomplish these things if you would have me do them today. Such a different mindset. And yet so vitally important to having peace of mind, especially as you're going through busy times. So I really do recommend doing it in a deliberate way at the start of your day, but then checking back in throughout your busy day. Maybe your schedule's getting changed and shifted and you're not getting to the thing you planned. Well, Maybe God doesn't mean for you to accomplish that thing today. Maybe it's time for you to be flexible and let go of what your plan was and open up your heart to what God's plan is. Now, of course, that's a scary thing to do because maybe our plans and our goals won't get accomplished, right? But we're supposed to be accomplishing God's plans and God's goals. And ideally, those will line up with what our own goals are, what our own work and family and outside life goals are. But if they don't, this is a helpful way to find out. Be turning to God in prayer, talking with God about your schedule. Do you talk with God about your calendar? Many times we don't even think to do that, right? We we have our prayer times and then we have our scheduling times and we have our work life and our volunteer work or our family life and the chores we're doing and whatnot. And we think of those as separate things. And yet God wants to be a part of every minute of every day and every minute Every moment that you breathe in and breathe out is a gift that God has given to you. Every moment of every day is a gift he's given to you. So give it back to him and ask him how he would have you spend it. And if you find that you're too busy and you're crossing prayer time, personal prayer time off of your list, I want to encourage you to rethink that. I know I've done that in the past for sure with very negative consequences where 
the times in your life where you're so busy that you think, I can't spare 20 minutes in the morning to sit and quietly try to pray. Those are the times where you absolutely need to be doing that. And I have found through experience back and forth doing this over time that when I am making that effort to do that, then everything seems to fall into place. When you're getting that priority in, especially if it feels stressful and you're thinking, God, I'm not sure I have time to do this. Spending that time in prayer at the start of your day when you're feeling stressed and pulled in many directions, what a gift that is that you can give to God to sacrifice and show him that you are giving him back the time he's given to you, the time that belongs to him, that you owe him, that you're giving him that. A beautiful act of faith, stepping out in faith, saying, you know what, God, I'm stressed about all these things, but I know they're going to fall into place. I need to just make sure that my priorities are in order and I'm putting you first. It's hard to do, really hard to do, I know. But the times when I have really made an effort to do that, even in the midst of busyness, distraction, stress, even very challenging times inside of work or family life, it has made all the difference. So give your day to God. That is my tip number one for making working from home in any capacity, in any way that you are working inside your home making that workable. All right, number two. Now this is if you really do have tasks that are separate from caring for your family, is being clear about boundaries. This is so important. And we had a whole show recently about boundaries and how we women, we mothers have such a hard time setting boundaries, especially when it comes to our families, right? Because we love them and we want to give them all of ourselves. And yet, if you are working from home in whatever capacity, that is a service to your family. Perhaps you're working part-time from home to pay bills. That is a service to your family, right? Don't lose sight of that and think you need to drop it all because Johnny wants you to pour him a cup of juice. Now, it may be that you do need to pause sometimes and do things like pour cups of juice, but be clear about what your boundaries are. This is something that I learned over the years working from home in different capacities. I had a girlfriend who also was working from home years ago when our children were all pretty young and our households were still pretty loud, active, busy, boisterous. And I had a phone call with this friend and it was so noisy on her end. It was complete chaos what was going on in her home. And it was quiet on my end. And she paused and said, why is your house quiet when I'm talking to you on the phone? And I told her, I'm, I'm in my room where I work and my door is closed. That was something that I hadn't really explicitly thought out, but it was a boundary I had learned to set because I had to. You know, if you're trying to work from home and take professional calls, many people I know are struggling through this right now. And um, you need some amount of quiet to be able to be professional, to be able to give your attention to the work, to your colleagues that you're speaking to on the phone or on a conference call or whatnot. So that's a very basic boundary that sometimes we don't feel like we have the right to make. And yet you do and you should if you're working from home in any capacity. Now, this might require getting some help right now during quarantine is not a time when you can have a mother's helper in. But maybe you have an older child who can help. Maybe you have a spouse who can pitch in during certain times. Communicate about that. Be clear about what your boundaries are. Now, part of this is I had to be fair, especially during those busy times in family life, about when I was setting those boundaries. I didn't just abuse it and go in my room and close the door so that nobody would bother me because, you know, <laughs> I wanted the afternoon to myself, which, you know, of course, <laughs> the temptation is always there. But 
I didn't do that. I would use that boundary that my kids understood to make work phone calls, do concentrated work when I really needed to do that. And by and large, they respected it. They would not disturb me and knock on the door um, unless it was really something that an emergent situation that really required my attention. So be clear about your boundaries. Now, it might not be a closed door. There might be other things like during these hours, I'm going to be focused on my work or um, you know, whatever it is, whatever boundary you're feeling the need to set, set some basic boundaries and be clear about them. Communicate with your kids about, you know, what happens when mom is on the phone? What happens when dad is on the phone? What happens when, you know, so-and-so needs to be doing schoolwork in this room and I need to be doing this work in here? Who's responsible for the baby? Or, you know, whatever it is communicate about what the plan is so that they know. And it's not like you're trying to squeeze everything in and just, you know, working on the fly all the time. There might need to be some working on the fly for you to be able to figure out what you need your boundaries to be. But then once you've made your boundaries, be clear about them and, you know, follow through with them, but then don't abuse them because then people will stop respecting them. If you are always locked away because you're, you're so-called working um, and you're not available to your family um, in unfair ways, then they're going to catch on to that, right? And they're going to start stepping right over your boundaries to come and demand what is rightfully theirs, which is some of your time and attention, okay? Um, so be clear about that. Closed doors, times for phone calls, how people are to behave um, when you need to get work done. Um, just making a plan for that. Which leads me right to number three for a way to make working from home workable is to have a plan in the first place. And like I said, some of this you might need to do on the fly. Maybe your quarantine with kids at home and husband at home, whatnot, has all been an experiment in working on the fly so far. Here is your invitation right now to pause. Take a look back. How have the past few weeks gone? What have been the pressure points? What has worked? What has absolutely not worked? What has led to breakdowns? What really gets on your nerves? What makes it impossible for you to accomplish what you need to do in the day? What need do you have for quiet time? What need do your kids have for quiet time? Do this kind of evaluation and then make a plan. Make a plan, a schedule of some kind. It doesn't have to be super regimented. I've never been a very regimented person with regard to schedules, but I always, with regard to work, have had a plan. So I've never been the person that has like every minute on my calendar scheduled out. Uh, well, except for a very few, very busy or challenging times in my life. Okay, I've, I've gone that route out of desperation. Um, but those kinds of measures aren't necessary for you to be able to accomplish working from home and being efficient about it. But having a plan in mind, it can be something as basic as during the hours of 9 to 12, the kids are focused on schoolwork and I'm available to them to be support to them for that during the hours of, you know, then we have a break for lunch, during the hours of one to four, uh, I am focused on my work, whatever that means. You know, it could be something as loose as that. Um, but if that makes sense for you, then communicate that with your family and make that plan and make that plan in your own mind. For me, my kinds of plans during normal times, now some of this has gone out the window with quarantine, but during normal times, I have a just loose plan generally for the week. I have certain days where I do all of one kind of thing, for example. like um, So I record this podcast. I record a podcast with CatholicMom.com, with Lisa Hendy. 
Um, and I do other kinds of recordings during the week. So I have a day where I focus on recordings and I have a day where I focus on, um, I schedule most phone calls that are going to require a little more time and attention for that particular day. This does not always work perfectly. And usually I need a couple of days for those longer type phone calls, meetings and those kinds of things scheduled. Just having a general plan like that, I find is very helpful because it gives you a focus in your work. Now, I don't recommend having a plan every day that starts with email, for example. Now, you got to work with what works for you and, and realize how you work and what distracts you and whatnot. I find that having large chunks of time devoted to email it can be a huge waste of time. We all have to deal with email. However you're working, I'm sure it involves some kind of email. But I really recommend, um, this is another part that you can kind of have a plan for, right? Just having small spaces of time in your day, perhaps two times in the day where you're checking in with email. And I do this. And um, one thing about email, and this came up in uh, the Zoom call that I mentioned at the start of this show that I recently did with Elizabeth Foss and Stephanie Weiner. I will, I'm going to make a note here um, to put a link to that because I believe it's still available on YouTube. You can check it out. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes at ascensionpress.com for anybody who's interested in checking that out. But one thing that came up was one of the people participating had a question saying, what do you do about email? Because it's killing me. Like all I do is email and it's round and round and round. And you know, this is what I said was you train people to respond to you by email in certain ways, right? To have certain expectations for how you're going to respond by email. And what I mean by that is, if you are always on email and you're always feeling this pressure to reply right away, especially in, 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 with your employment or with work situation, then people are going to expect that of you. They're going to say, oh, I can reach her immediately on email. Well, if you generally are just checking in once, twice a day, and you know, frankly, how many things are that urgent? For me, with my work, people that I work with, have my cell phone number. So they are going to call me or text me if I haven't replied to an email and it's actually an urgent thing, which is rare. Honestly, it's very rare that somebody needs an immediate reply to something. So checking in with email twice a day is very reasonable. And for me, it's a very efficient way to do it because I have, you know, maybe up to a half hour in each of those times that I will spend on email. But I really try to keep it less than that. I aim for 15, 20 minutes that I am checking in with email, replying to what needs to be replied to, accomplishing tasks that the email is assigning to me. Um, but, you know, this is the thing. Our technology is wonderful. Things like email and texting and notifications of every kind on your phone are wonderful tools. But know that they are tools and assess whether or not they're serving you. When you have a plan for your day, have a plan for what tools you are going to use and which ones you're going to shut off during certain hours so that you can get focused work done and not be distracted. Have that plan. If you find that constantly being available on Skype is a way that your coworkers work and it works for you, then do that. I'm not telling you any particular thing not to do, but be thoughtful about how you're spending your time, what things do distract you. Um, what things do you come away from feeling that you actually just put out a bunch of fires and didn't accomplish anything meaningful? You, you need to make sure that you're making time for accomplishing actual work inside of your, your work time. So have a plan for that. And I find it's really helpful to just have sort of, I would call it very loosely, I would call it themes, themes for your day. 
<laughs> so it might be, I have a recording theme for my day. I have a, a calls theme for my day or, um, you know, whatever it is, just having that kind of a theme for your day. And if I'm working on a particular project, that might be the theme for the day that I'm, um, I recently was putting together and I'm still putting together and promoting, by the way, a webinar series for Catholic mom. We're having days of mercy with Catholic mom. And I had a, a little bit of work to do behind the scenes. Well, I, I made a day themed with that work where that was what I was focused on. And that required a bunch of different tasks. Yes. Including email, including some recording, including some making some basic graphics, including, you know, making some phone calls and, I was focused on that project for that day. So I find it's really helpful to do that because it's very efficient in the end to be focused on one particular thing. Um, so consider that. Consider having that kind of a plan for you individually, for your work, but then also for your family. I find many ways this applies to your family life as well. The next one I want to mention is to break up your tasks. This is something I learned through the years, um, especially during my pregnancies. This is funny. I got in the habit of breaking up my tasks, even just working inside the home. I, I you know, through the years, I didn't um, work from home full time during the times when I was pregnant, but I was working from home somewhat. But I, we're all working in our homes, right? Doing things like folding laundry and filling the dishwasher and, you know, all the making dinner, all of these things. And I found it was really helpful to break up tasks when I was pregnant between tasks I could accomplish sitting down and tasks that required me to be moving around. I wanted to be able to, um, to have a reason to be moving around at regular intervals and we all should be doing that anyway. Um, but then I really needed those breaks where I would just sit. So it might be that I would work on email and then I would work on putting away folded laundry, which would require walking around the house. Or I would um, work on folding laundry, which I could sit down to do. And then I would make dinner, which required standing and walking around in the kitchen, that sort of thing. Um, I no longer really have the need to do that because I'm not pregnant and I don't have that, that kind of physical need for those spaces of rest. But mentally, we all have that need for breaks in our day, breaking up what we are doing. And I have found this is really, really helpful, especially during stressful times with work. Um, when I've been through times that are very stressful with work, when I have a lot of things going on, I find it's really helpful for me to schedule time where I'm going to work on this. I'm going to make these phone calls, whatever it is I'm working on for this amount of time. And at the end of that, I'm going to go and do some physical work in my home. So that's the kind of back and forths that I like to schedule in my days between work, work, <laughs> and work in my home. So work, work for you might look like doing emails or making phone calls or, you know, being on a conference call or, you know, writing, um, whatever that looks like in your home. And then, you know, work that serves your family might include things like meals or laundry or um, cleaning up the kitchen or, you know, cleaning the bathroom or whatever. And I still do that. And I find it is such a helpful way to break up my days um, even if it's something short, like I will take a break and just go put in some laundry. And this is one of the beautiful things about working from home that we are able to do these things, right? Rather than have to spend eight hours every day outside the home working in an office, I have the privilege and I'm very aware of the fact that it is a privilege to um, be at home throughout the day, which means I can work and then take five minutes and go put in some laundry. And that way I don't work eight hours straight and then come home to 
a house and a family that needs my attention desperately in a thousand ways immediately. Those things have been attended to in small ways, but in keeping up kinds of ways throughout the day. So look for ways that you can break up the kind of work that you're doing. It might be breaking up the kind of work that you're doing for your work. Um, but also I think the back and forth between focusing on work and family is it's really a very mentally helpful thing for me. It helps me to feel balanced because part of what stresses us, I think, when we're trying to work from home, even if your boundary is working and the kids aren't banging on that closed door, is we sometimes feel stressed like I should be doing something else. I should be you know, paying attention to my kids. I should be helping them with this or that or um, supervising this. But, you know, having those little bits of check-in through your day can be really helpful. So, you know, take a break, open up that closed door. Um, it might not be doing laundry, but it might be making lunch for everybody and reconnecting with your family in that way. But find your ways to break up your tasks because in the end, you know, we don't concentrate very well beyond, I mean, for me, beyond like an hour. Honestly, if I'm being honest, I don't concentrate very well beyond an hour. Sometimes when I'm on a writing project, I can write straight for like up to three hours, but that's an exceptional thing and not the norm. Things that I'm usually working on, I work for an hour and then I need some kind of a break. It might be just going and making a cup of coffee. It's not a long break, but something that kind of breaks that up before you go back and, and start again, start anew and be able to focus on your work once again. So look for ways that you can break up your tasks. I think it does a lot for your mental health, your mental well-being as you are balancing and working in many different things, right? We're all stirring lots of pots and wearing lots of hats these days. That alone is a stressful thing. So recognizing that, give yourself these little breaks. Give yourself the opportunity to break up your work. Now, that doesn't mean breaks every five minutes because that will not be focused work. You will not be efficient in that way. But kind of the back and forth between what you're doing and what you're focused on. I, for me, for my temperament anyway, that works really well. And it gives me a greater sense of peace. It gives me a greater sense of balance. I can feel better going back to my, my work again, closing that door again, being focused on um, these other tasks that take me away from my family, when I know that I've connected with my family, when I feel connected to my family, or when I'm doing other work in between little bits here and there that are also serving my home and family. So that can be a really helpful way to find peace and balance in the midst of what, frankly, sometimes feels like chaos. All right. The last way I want to mention to make working from home work for you is to um, use the time you have. Now, this especially applies to when you have a big project, right? Because sometimes we have a big project and what do we do? We procrastinate because we are waiting for the perfect time to fall into our laps. This applies really to many of us who work on projects on our own, right? Maybe you have a writing project you're working on on the side or um, maybe you are a, a musical artist and there's something you're working on on the side that both you enjoy, but it's also work for you. Um, look for ways to use little bits of time that you have right now, rather than waiting for that big chunk of time to fall into your lap, because here's the thing, it's not going to happen. You're not, especially now, especially now while your kids are home from school and perhaps your spouse is home from work and your own work is, is, um, disrupted, especially now you're not going to find a great big chunk of time to devote to one particular task. 
And that's okay. Work with the time that you have. And that might mean a very imperfect 45 minutes that you have on a random afternoon. Start. Work on it. Spend the, the time on it um, during that. I often find that this, this whole procrastination thing is such a huge thing because we become our own worst enemies and we build a task up into something enormous so much bigger than what it is. How many times have you put off a task and dreaded it and dreaded it and dreaded it and then finally went to do it and you were surprised by how easy it was and how quickly you got it done? Yes, a thousand times. I've done it so many times. And so remember that and just begin. Sometimes the hardest part is just beginning, just getting started because the scary thing is not having begun. And so our work looms over us and these these tasks kind of build up in our minds and just begin with whatever time you have. Start. Open up a, a document. Open up, you know, hit reply on the email. Just get started on whatever it is that you are putting off. Um, but then the other thing I want to mention that can make working from home work for you is to, okay, I get in trouble every time I say this, but sometimes sacrifice sleep. I know you weren't expecting me to say that, were you? Because I'm always telling you how important it is to take care of yourself in physical ways. But Here's the thing, especially during unusual times. This is not for, for ongoing practice, but during unusual times. And yes, I think a pandemic qualifies as an unusual time. And um, during times perhaps where you have an especially large project that you're hoping to accomplish and you have a deadline, sometimes you have to sacrifice sleep. And that might mean getting up early. In the past, I always stayed up late. So the kids were getting me up early anyway. And so I would try to work from home throughout the day. Not always something I could accomplish. I would get what I could get done during the day. And then, you know, 8 p.m., everybody was in bed and I would start work. And I would work pretty late. I went to bed on average pretty late back then. Um, and then especially during times where I was working on a particular project, I would stay up very late sometimes, sacrificing my sleep on that end. Um, now I work in a different way. Back then, you know, my kids were little. I wasn't working so much. Um, I, I was working for myself so I could set my own hours and my own time. Now I'm working full time with a company where most of my colleagues are working sort of a nine to five schedule. And it's expected that I'll also be keeping sort of a nine to five schedule. So I do that and I, I can do that with greater success these days because my kids are older and more things are in place than back then. Um, so it is more manageable, but still there are times when I have a project, especially if it's an outside writing project or something, you know, like I, my book, for example, here's the perfect example, um, writing, giving thanks and letting go for Ave Maria Press. Um, I had a deadline and in order to meet that deadline, I needed to sacrifice sleep because I still had my regular work, my regular days. Um, I did spend some time working on it on the weekends, but then I had some mornings that I got up at five and just started writing. And then by the time the rest of my family was getting up, I had accomplished a major chunk of it. And so that was a time where it was quiet in the house and I was able to focus. And yeah, I was pretty tired by the end of the day because I don't usually get up at five. I usually get up at seven. So I would feel it, but I was gaining two hours, you know. And so I do recommend doing that if you have a particular deadline you're hoping to meet. And um, I do get pushback from people when I recommend this. I'm not recommending that you run yourself ragged and 
for sure, you need to evaluate what your goals are and if they make sense for you. And if, you know, taking on certain work projects and deadlines make sense for you at this particular stage of your family life. But if together with your husband, you prayerfully decide it does, then find a way to make it happen. And um, so work with the time you have. That might mean weekends. It might mean, and I've done this, um, spending time away from your family on the weekends, um, focused on work and getting a work project done. It, it might mean making that kind of a sacrifice. Um, but again, that's where we go back to the having a plan and communicating with your family about your plan. This cannot be your plan for always to be, you know, away from your family on the weekends or always getting up hours earlier than everybody else or always going to bed hours later than everybody else. Probably not sustainable in the long term, but there are times that we are called to take on projects that are going to require some sacrifice on our parts. And it, it might require sacrifice of what usually is time for sleep. And I, I'm perfectly okay with that. And I think it can be a very workable way to give yourself peace of mind that there is time for stuff. Um, but that said, I think beginning where you are and working in the time that you do have during your day already, working in those little bits, even if you just have 20 minutes, rather than just scrolling through your phone and wasting those 20 minutes, Start something. If you have something that's looming, if you have a project that you need to be focused on, just do it. Work with the time that you have. Don't wait for that perfect time to fall into your lap because it never will. Sorry, but it's true. All right. So those are my five ways to make working from home work for you. First, give your day to God. Number two, be clear about your boundaries. Number three, have a plan. Number four, break up your tasks throughout your day. And number five, use the time you have, especially when it comes to taking on some of those big projects that you might be tempted to procrastinate. But I know you have ways of working from home that work for you. Maybe you have something you want to add to this list. What's been working for you? What's been especially challenging for you? I would love to hear from you. You can always contact me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Love to be able to connect with you through email. Love it even more if you record a voicemail and you can do that easily through voice memo on your phone and send it to me at that email address. Now, don't go anywhere because coming up, we have some listener feedback. But first, a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to The Girlfriends Podcast. Imagine this. You're walking down the street and a Christian at a table with a bunch of pamphlets ask you, have you been saved? What would you do? Would you know how to respond? Hi, I'm Dr. Andrew Swafford, and I'm co-presenter along with Jeff Cavins in Ascension's new Great Adventure Bible Study, Romans, The Gospel of Salvation. In this study, we teach you the biblical foundations for the Catholic teaching on salvation, how to explain salvation quickly and easily to non-Christians, what St. Paul really meant by works not leading to salvation, and how we can enter more deeply into Christ. Paul's letter to the Romans has been at the center of reflection, conversion, and controversy from the very beginning, and it's widely considered his greatest work. I invite you to start a small group in your home or parish and embark on this great adventure. Romans, the Gospel of Salvation is available for pre-order right now and for purchase on September 1st, 2019. To order, visit ascensionpress.com. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share a little bit of listener feedback. And this week I heard from listener Christine. Christine says, Dear Danielle, help, I failed at Lent. I really plan to get back on track with some regular exercise every day this Lent by going to the gym. I had a routine I was following using the machines there and was feeling so good. But then this coronavirus thing happened and I threw all of my plans out the window. 
Do you have any recommendations for how I can make up for that now? I don't want to wait until we get out of quarantine to start back again, but I'm feeling a bit lost. Any recommendations, Christine? So first of all, (laughs) totally get it. (laughs) I think a lot of people are in that situation, Christine. So I don't think you failed at Lent. I think maybe you need to give yourself a little bit of a break there because I think every one of us ended up with a Lent that we did not plan. There were things that happened that thwarted our plans, threw us off. We had to readjust, um, change what we were able to do. And for you, for sure, not being able to go to the gym, that's a significant challenge, right? So give yourself a little bit of a break there, but I'm glad you're focused on this and that you don't want to wait and use the quarantine as an excuse to wait getting back to it. So really, honestly, my number one recommendation to you, I don't know where you live, but would just be to get outside, move around, go for a walk every day, make it simple like that, because it really needs to be a no brainer, right? I think, and going for a walk is easy and you don't need any special equipment. You don't need a trainer. You don't need to follow a program of any kind, though, if you want to, there are plenty of them out there. Just Google around for a walking program. Um, That might motivate you if you have a certain goal each day. Um, One thing that I think is really helpful to somebody who's wanting to just get started um, is the Couch to 5K program. You might be familiar with that and there's an app and everything, so you can look that up. But really, it does begin right where you are on the couch. It doesn't assume you are able to go out and and run a mile, um, but it starts out with walking and then it it changes to, you know, back and forth between walking and running, truly gets you to the point where you can run for three miles by the end of the program. I cannot remember right now off the top of my head how long it goes, but that can be a nice, simple program if you like having someone tell you what to do. Now, I've mentioned the Peloton app on here a million times, so much so that I am thinking they need to be sponsoring the Girlfriends podcast. But I will recommend it again because there are some simple programs on there that I really love to use that you can even use outdoors. It's just an audio file and you pick your, your workout and then the trainer just talks through your earbuds, tells you what to do, whether it's a walking routine or running intervals or whatnot. Um, I I find that it's helpful to have something that's a no-brainer like that. The easiest no-brainer for you, Christine, might be just putting on a pair of sneakers and going outside for a walk each day, making sure you're doing that. Doing it at a set time, maybe planning it with family members um, so that you can go together and it would be good for them too. Um, But just beginning like that is going to make you feel so much better. I can tell from your email that you're feeling down about, you know, failing Lent and that um, you don't want to wait until the end of quarantine to begin again. So congratulations on that because that is the right attitude to have and just do what's a no brainer. It might not be that you enjoy walking. You mentioned using machines at the gym. If you have access to any kind of a machine at home, whether it's a treadmill or a bike or any kind of lifting equipment, if you enjoy that, then for sure you can do that kind of a program. But I think the easiest way to get started is to make it absolutely simple and doing something your body was made to do every day anyway, and that is walking. So um, I hope that helps. I hope that's a little bit encouraging to you. Give yourself a little bit of grace. You know, it's Easter. (laughs) It's okay to take a little time off now and have a jelly bean or two. But yeah, getting back to regular routines and having exercise be a regular part of your everyday is a wonderful goal to have. So I'm I'm praying for you, Christine, and I'm I'm hoping that's going to be helpful to you. Let me know how it goes. Okay, before we have to wrap up today, one thing that I wanted to mention is, you know, 
I have no retreats going on right now, of course, because they've all been postponed, uh, many of them to the fall at this point. So no in-person retreats are happening anywhere, but there's a number of online ways that we can connect. One of which I want to mention is my quarantine book club. So this is a book club based on themes in my newest book from Ave Maria Press, which is Giving Thanks and Letting Go. If you want to purchase a copy of that book, that is available at AveMariaPress.com. If you use the code Bean 20, you will get 20% off of your order at Ave Maria Press. And then you can take part in our book club, which meets Thursday afternoons at 1 p.m. Eastern time on the Catholic Mom Facebook page. So that's facebook.com slash Catholic Mom Community. I usually put a link on my own Facebook page so you can follow it from there. And really, we just chat about each of the chapters. We're working our way through the book. And I really love this opportunity to be able to connect with you personally. So I want to invite you to take part in that book club. The other thing is I am offering digital versions of my retreats, mini digital versions of my retreats. So if you think your parish might be interested in offering something like that to the people of your community, you can go to my website, daniellebean.com slash retreats, and there's more information there. There's a form you can fill out to get more information about those virtual retreats, a nice alternative to have, a nice way that we can still be connecting even during these times when we're not gathering in person. And that's all the time we have for today, but I want to thank you for being here. If you're a first-time listener to Girlfriends, welcome. Thank you so much for giving us a try. I'm glad you were here today. If you are a longtime listener of Girlfriends, you know I love you. I'm so grateful for your presence here. But truly, you're just showing up and listening makes you an important part of the Girlfriends community. You are an important part of what I do here. You are why I do what I do here. So thank you so much for that. Thanks for being a part of today's show. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 